Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Hey there, future paleontologists. Hope everybody's doing well. I'm Dinosaur George, and I am thrilled to be spending some time with you again. Hope everybody is doing okay. Hope everybody's enjoying school. If you go to school, if you're homeschooled, I hope you're enjoying being homeschooled. If you're not in school, I hope you're enjoying life. All right. 168,000 downloads of this podcast, and now we are in 113 different countries throughout the entire world. So 168,000 times people have downloaded this podcast, and some people listen to the same podcast over and over, so chances are we probably have 200,000 people listening. So it's a great number, and I'm very proud of it, and I'm very thankful for all of you for spreading the word. You know, what's really kind of cool is, is we get these reports and it shows us different communities and different cities and different countries where we have listeners. And we saw it happening in New Zealand and we saw it happening in uh, Australia first. That's really where we saw the trend in Canada. Now we always get a lot of listeners from the United States because that's where we're from and it's easier to find us here. But what we saw happen in Canada and Australia and New Zealand is we started getting listeners and obviously you, the listeners were going and telling all your friends because all of the sudden we started getting a bunch of listeners from those areas and we saw those numbers grow and grow and grow. So for any of you that like the podcast, I appreciate very much that you will share with your friends and your family and you tell them about it. And that really helps us a lot because it gets the word out. So thank you all so much for, for sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And, and I hope if you like the podcast, I hope you continue to do it. A couple of shout outs. Now, Timmy, Timmy W., who is one of my Patreon club members, Timmy, I can't remember if I gave you your birthday shout out. Your turn, you turned seven years old. And I, I cannot remember, Timmy, if I, if I gave you the shout out. Um, if I did, well, Hey, you get two. If I didn't, I apologize that I didn't do it right in time for your birthday, but I just want you to know, Timmy, that I definitely would like to, uh, have wished you a happy birthday and give you your shout out. We went to a bunch of schools, a bunch of schools. I did uh, my traveling museum. We went to a uh, Gerald elementary, which was in Gerald, Texas, we did a show there. We went down to McAllen, Texas and did a two-day show down there. We came back to San Antonio and did a show for Bob Lewis Elementary. And then the next day, we did another show for Forrester Elementary, also in San Antonio. And then we ended up going up to Frisco, Texas to see a school, uh, Coy Miller Elementary. 
So for all of the young people and all the people we met at those shows, thank you for letting us come visit. We had such a great time. And if you live in Texas or Oklahoma or New Mexico or Louisiana or Arkansas, if you would like for us to come with our traveling museum to your elementary school, we would certainly love the opportunity to do it. So shout out to all of you, all of you who we saw during that uh, two-week-long tour. Now, something else that's kind of cool. I got the opportunity to uh, do some private lessons. Uh, and one of them was for the Hui family, which was so much fun. We talked about Tyrannosaurus Rex. And I'll be honest, um, I think you guys knew more about Tyrannosaurus Rex than I did. It was so much fun. It was great fun. And then I also did one for Cairo. Cairo, we had a private lesson with Cairo. It was he, his mom, his dad, and his sister. And by the way, Cairo and his sister tricked me into trying to eat a Tyrannosaurus Rex tooth. Now, the way I remember it, Cairo said, hey, Dinosaur George, do you know T-Rex teeth taste like a banana? And I said, really? And his sister said, yeah, take a bite and find out. So I picked up a T-Rex tooth and I bit into it. Uh, I broke two of my teeth. Thank you very much. Now, Cairo and his sister are going to say, we didn't tell you that. We said their tooth was the size of a banana. But I heard you. You kids said, hey, why don't you take a bite? It's going to taste like a banana. And if you don't believe me, ask your mom and dad. They were witnesses. They were right there when you two tricked me. <laughs> it was so it was so great doing your private lesson. I enjoyed very much speaking to all of you. And by the way, Cairo rec- uh, suggested today's uh, feature creature, which is Kentrosaurus. So Cairo said he'd like to hear a lesson on Kentrosaurus, and so our podcast on Kentrosaurus, and that's what I'm doing. Also, I wanted to mention this. This is kind of nice. Uh, this is from Braden. Said hi, dinosaur George. My name is Braden. I'm six years old, and I love your podcast. I listen to it every night before bed. My favorite dinosaur is the Allosaurus. I hope to be just like you when I'm older. Uh, Braden happens to be one of my Patreon members. Well, Braden, that is incredibly kind of you, and I just wanted to give you a special shout out and tell you how much I appreciate that you like the podcast and that you also like Allosaurus because that's my favorite dinosaur. And I'm flattered that you would like to grow up and be like me when you're older. I think you will probably be an amazing, an amazing paleontologist. So that's your shout outs for today. Now let's learn about our feature creature. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. Today's feature creature is Kentrosaurus. Now, for those of you that may not recognize the name Kentrosaurus, it is a cousin It is a cousin of Stegosaurus. It is a member of the Stegosaur family. And it looks very similar to Stegosaurus, except for a couple of features. 
First, its size. It's, it's rather small compared to Stegosaurus. This dinosaur is 4.5 meters long. That's 15 feet long. So Kentrosaurus, I would call it a medium-sized dinosaur. Still big compared to you and I, but not compared to its North American cousin. It weighed about a ton, so that's less than a full-grown elephant. And they were discovered in Tanzania, Africa. They lived during the late Jurassic period, which is about 152 million years ago. It is a quadruped. Do you all remember what a quadruped is? I know all of you just said it walks on four legs. Very good. And it is, like all other stegosaurs, an herbivore. It was discovered in 1909 and then named and described in 1915. Now, you, if you've listened to my podcast, you remember what I said about why it takes scientists quite a long time from when the animal was discovered to when it got a name. Well, remember what I said, paleontologists have to describe it. And that means that they write a scientific paper with all the technological information about it, how big it was, how long it was, how many bones they found, how many bones they think were missing. Is it an herbivore? Is it a quadruped? Is it a biped? So it takes some time for that to happen. And usually it's only done during the non-digging season. So for instance, if you're digging in North America, you only have a couple of months before it starts to become too cold and you can't dig anymore. So a paleontologist does not want to be spending their time in an office writing a scientific paper if they're the kind of people that want to be out digging. If he or she wants to be digging, they only have a limited time. They're not going to write these long papers because it takes some time to write these papers. They're not going to be writing them when there's a chance that they can go out and find something more amazing. And so that's one of the reasons why it takes so long is they have to do it during slow times or sometimes when the weather's bad, like if it's raining, maybe they can begin to do some of their paperwork then. So it can take some time. So that's why it was discovered in 1909 and was described. And when you say described, that's a term that means a scientific paper has been written. Then that scientific paper has to be reviewed by other scientists so that they can make sure that before they give it a name, before it becomes an official name, scientists, other scientists have looked at the, at the description, at the scientific paper, and have made sure that it is as accurate as it should be. Now, what's amazing about this dinosaur is hundreds of bones have been found of Kentrosaurus. And that doesn't mean one Kentrosaurus had hundreds of bones. What I mean is, they have found hundreds of the individual bones, not from one animal, because to my knowledge, no complete skeleton has ever been found yet. So that means they take pieces and parts of all these other animals and put them together. Now, that may sound like that's not scientific, but it actually is. A femur, which is your upper leg bone, my upper leg bone, dinosaur's upper leg bone, that bone is very recognizable. Scientists can easily tell if it's a left femur or a right femur. So even if they find, let's say, four Kentrosauruses died and their bones got jumbled up, 
Scientists can pick out the bones and they know where they go. So they're not making a guess. In some aspects they are, but most of the time they at least know what they're looking at. So to my knowledge, they've never found a complete one. And how come that happens? Why does that happen? How can they find hundreds of bones, but never a complete one? Well, there's a couple of reasons that this can happen. One has to do with predators, scavengers. If you are a medium-sized predator and you have either killed a Kentrosaurus or you happen to find one dead, maybe you found one that's stuck in the mud, you're going to rip off pieces and take them away. You don't want to stay there with it because bigger predators might be on the way. And you that's the last thing you want to do is be there when a bigger predator shows up. A big predator will eat a small predator and you're fresh meat. So they may rip off pieces and take them away. So scavengers notoriously will do that. They'll tear off pieces and walk away. That's one way. Another can be erosion. Let's say that all their bones were all together. All these skeletons were together. Well, erosion sometimes means that water or wind or sand, those things can cover and uncover bones. And sometimes if the bones are not buried, if the whole skeleton isn't buried, whatever bones are laying on the surface, those can be turned to dust over thousands and hundreds of years. They can turn to dust and go away. So you might have had a whole skeleton, but only part of it might have become fossilized because only part of it was buried. And then water is another way. Let's say that we have 10 Kentrosauruses that die together. Let's say they're trying to swim across a river and the river is flooding and they all drown and their body floats downstream. Well, wherever there's a bend in the river, that's usually where the bodies kind of wash up against the shore and get stuck. Now you have crocodiles showing up. You have carnivores showing up and they're ripping the bones and uh, ripping the skeletons into pieces. They're ripping the bodies up to get to the meat. Well, the water can also wash away some of those bones. So now you have a jumbled mess. So those are some of the reasons why it may be that they have found hundreds of bones, but have never found a complete skeleton. It's a very small relative of Stegosaurus who, of course, lived in North America. But how did it end up in Africa? How did a dinosaur that is so closely related to Stegosaurus end up in Africa? If Stegosaurus lived in North America, if Stegosaurus lived in Utah, well, how did this one end up in uh, Tanzania, Africa? How did it get there? Well, they walked. Over time, animals can adapt and change. So what starts off as a Stegosaurus could slowly adapt to a different environment, meaning Maybe some of the big plates weren't as important where it lived, so the plates got smaller. But maybe spikes were more important for Kentrosaurus to survive, so instead of plates, Kentrosaurus developed more spikes. But they may have both started from the same place, but over thousands of years and millions of years, these animals slowly change. You can look at some animals that live in Africa and look at some animals that live in North America that are related, but they will look a little different because they live in different environments. But how did they get there in the first place? Well, Kentrosaurus did not take a boat. It didn't get in a boat and say, see you later, Stegosaurus. My family and I, we're moving to Tanzania. Make sure to forward my mail. I'll see you guys later. No, they walked. But over time, all of the continents were connected. Over time, they began to break apart. So you might have walked from Utah to Tanzania, Africa, 
And then over thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of years, the continents slowly drifted apart. And that's how you have two animals. That's why Allosaurus can be found in um, uh, North America and in, um, my mind just went blank. How could I forget where, where else Allosaurus has been found? That's crazy. I can't believe I did that. Well, I'll remember in a minute. But anyway, that's how Portugal, that's how those animals can be separated, but they were together at one time. Now, this dinosaur walks with its tail off the ground, and its tail is different, by the way. Its tail is longer. Its tail is longer than any other known stegosaur. But its tail never dragged the ground. Their tails do not drag the ground. Well, how do we know they don't drag their tails? Well, there's a couple of ways. One is the design of the skeleton. When scientists put the skeleton together, they see that tail cannot touch the ground because the bones that connect the tail would have held it off the ground stiff. Its tail couldn't drag the ground. And second of all, scientists find stegosaurus footprints. And you want to know what's not there? A spot where the tail was dragging the ground because stegosauruses do not drag their tail. And Kentrosaurus is a stegosaurus. Now, this is another, if any of you ever listened to my stegosaurus lesson or podcast, I mentioned that it may be possible that they could stand up on their hind legs to reach higher up into the tree. Kentrosaurus's head was very low to the ground. He's a short dinosaur. He's not big. And he's got a little tiny head. He's got to be able to reach as much food as he can. And it may be possible that Stegosaurus could stand up on its hind legs. Now, it can't walk around on them, but it may have even leaned backwards on its tail, sort of like a kangaroo. You ever seen a kangaroo who leans back on its tail? Kentrosaurus may have been able to do that. It may have been able. And the only reason why it would ever want to stand up is simply to reach higher up to get more leaves that it can't reach when it's on all fours. If you ever see a picture of a Kentrosaurus, just like Stegosaurus, its back legs are longer than its front legs. And its front legs are kind of splayed out to the side a little bit, which means its head was kept low to the ground all the time. But by leaning back, and do you all remember when I talked about the center of gravity? That's kind of like where your center is. For Kentrosaurus, it would have been by its back hips. And that meant that it could stand up a little bit easier then other dinosaurs, like for instance, if you look at Triceratops, the center of, of the center of gravity for Triceratops is its stomach. That means it cannot stand up very well on its back legs. Probably can't do it at all. But Kentrosaurus is different because its back legs are longer. It may have been able to stand up and lean back on its tail. Now this is kind of cool. Like other stegosaurs, Kentrosaurus had something we called osteoderms. Osteoderms are are pieces of bone that are kind of stuck in the skin. Ankylosaurus has osteoderms. Sometimes we call them body armor. That's what they were. They're little pieces of bone that grows in the skin that acts as defense. Now, Kentrosaurus had them all over its body, including little plates that were probably located on its neck and hips. And that would make sense because those would probably be the two areas where a carnivore would want to attack. 
Carnivores always want to go for your back legs if you walk on two legs and your throat. Why? Because if it can get to your throat, it can stop you from breathing. But why would it want to attack your back legs? Because it would prevent you from running away or turning easily. So Kentrosaurus had osteoderms. And I don't know if I mentioned that when I taught the Stegosaurus podcast. I don't know if I mentioned that. But they also have them on their throat to protect them. But the most remarkable thing about Kentrosaurus are the plates and the spikes because they're very unique. They're quite different from most other stegosaurs. When you look at stegosaurus, it's got plates that start little on its neck and go up to great big, huge plates on its back and all the way down towards the base of its tail. And then at the end of the tail, you have four spikes. Kentrosaurus, on the other hand, has very small plates from its neck to about its shoulders and then starting behind its shoulders and going all the way to the tail, there are several rows of heavy-duty spikes. And these spikes would have been covered with keratin, and that would have made them very sharp. They had, I think, about 14 plates and about 12 spikes. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16. No, I just, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a uh, skeleton of one. They've got 16 spikes. Wow. Wow. But their plates are little. So that then brings up the question, what were they using them for? Now, I mentioned with Stegosaurus, maybe they were used to help it warm up or cool down. But Kentrosaurus's plates are very small. But of course, Kentrosaurus is small. So maybe it didn't need the big air conditioners or the big heaters, if that's what they were for. Maybe Stegosaurus didn't need those. I mean, maybe Kentrosaurus didn't need those. Stegosaurus did, but Kentrosaurus didn't. Or maybe the environment wasn't as hot or didn't get as cold for Kentrosaurus as it did for its cousin Stegosaurus. Whatever the case, you see an immediate difference when you look. You see all those spikes sticking up from Kentrosaurus. And then, of course, Kentrosaurus has big spikes on its shoulder. Now, this is confusing because some people who draw images of Kentrosaurus draw the spikes by the hips. Other people put them by their shoulders but we cannot say for sure where they're located because like I said before, they've never found a complete Kentrosaurus. And so it's hard to know for certain, but bones do sort of fit together like a puzzle. And when you look at this puzzle of this skeleton, I believe they're on the shoulders and that brings up an interesting point. When you have two super long spikes sticking out of the side of your body, that, tells me that one of your number one predators is not very big because those spikes are pointing to the side and they're going to point right at the animal that's attacking it. It would not make any sense for all of your spikes to be pointing straight up in the air if your attacker is short. So I believe Kentrosaurus is dealing with two different attackers. All of the spikes on its back and its tail are pointing up. That means that's where the attack is coming from. But it also has two super weapons on its shoulder that are pointing out. And that means those are made for the attacker who's shorter. Kentrosaurus appears to be a dinosaur that is prepared for being attacked from both all sides because it's a small dinosaur. So smaller mid-sized to small theropods, meat eaters are going to be attacking it. And those big shoulder spikes are there to stop that. And then, of course, the spikes on its back will stop the attacker from coming above. And that means it's a taller attacker. 
Then, of course, it's got that tail, the spikes on its tail. I told you it has more vertebra than any other normal stegosaurus. It could, because the tail is long, because the tail is long, that means it could swing it wider than stegosaurus whose tail it wasn't, it wasn't as long. If your tail is long, you can swing it wider. It has been estimated that Kentrosaurus could swing that tail almost all the way around up by its own head. It could swing that tail maybe almost all the way around its body up towards the front of its head. Now, it's not going to stab itself, but that gives this dinosaur incredible protection because, listen, man, when you are swinging that tail and you can swing that wide of an area, nobody's getting close. Nobody's getting close. This dinosaur has got excellent protection. And how did they use it? Well, they may have stood sideways and faced their attacker and swung that tail side to side saying, come on, come at me. You want to come running in? Look on my shoulder. Look at the spikes on my shoulder. And it may have even backed towards its attacker the way a porcupine does. When porcupines are threatened, they leap backwards at. They're leaping at their attacker with those spikes. That could have been what Kentrosaurus did. And Kentrosaurus doesn't weigh a lot, which means he's pretty fast. And because his back legs are long and his front legs are kind of splayed out to the side, that means that he could spin and turn very quickly. I think you would be in big trouble attacking a Kentrosaurus. And here's the last thing I want to talk about Kentrosaurus. I believe, and I believe this with all stegosaurs, I believe this with any animal that has spikes. I believe the spikes were brightly colored. I believe they wanted the carnivores to see their weapons. They don't want to hide them and then surprise them. No, they want you to see them before you decide to attack. So for those of you that like projects, and for those of you that are part of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, here is a project I'd like for you to do. I would like for you to draw a Kentrosaurus or a Stegosaurus or a Triceratops, but I want you to make the horns a bright color. Yellow, red, uh, something that would be easy to see as a warning. And that's what I would like for you to do. If you're a good artist, I'd like for you to do that. If you have any toy Kentrosauruses, I'd love to see a picture of you setting up a battle scene where it's either backing up into the Predator or standing sideways and facing the Predator. But I would like for you, if you like projects, that's your project for all of you. If you're not part of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, ask your parents to join. It's completely free and you get to post pictures and post really cool stuff. So that, my friends is today's feature creature, Kentrosaurus, which is a remarkably cool small dinosaur. So when we come back, speaking of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page, uh, Facebook group, we're going to go over there and I'm going to notate some of that. And then I'll answer some questions. Then I'll do some who would wins and we will end it with an interview of one of my uh, Patreon club member. So if you'd like to join the Patreon club, I hope you would. You can find information on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, or you can listen to this. 
Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. All right, let's jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, and let's see uh, some of the messages I got. Uh, says, hello, this is Vittoria. I'm from Brazil. Hey, hi, Vittoria. What a beautiful name, by the way. I'm from Brazil, but I live in Vienna, Virginia. I am Max and Alex's au pair. And these very energetic boys are completely crazy about your podcast. Well, shout out to Max and Alex. And it's, and you guys said you listen every day. Well, you know what, Victoria, shout out to you too. What do you think of that? They're both five years old and know a lot about dinosaurs. Thank you. Max's Max's drawing is a huge battle. It's a T-Rex versus saber-toothed tiger versus triceratops versus brachiosaurus versus El Stinko without any weapons, no hands, versus three Quetzalcoatlus. What? Wait a minute. Did you say, did you call me El Stinko? Did you just call me El Stinko? Let me tell you something, kids. I've got stink bomb underarm weapons that save me. I am not El Stinko. I just happen to have stink bombs named El Stinko. (laughs) And I love your drawing, man. That's a great battle. And then Alex drew a battle between T-Rex versus Ankylosaurus versus Quetzalcoatlus versus Brachiosaurus versus Triceratops versus El Stinko with no stink bombs or weapons. And you're a ghost without hands. What did you just say? Alex, what did you just, what did you just say? Okay, once again, you called me El Stinko and you said, I don't get to use my stink bombs. Listen to me. Stop taking away my stink bombs. They're my only weapon. (laughs) I love that. Those are great drawings, boys. And thank you so much. And please make sure to tell your au pair how much you appreciate her taking the time to write to me. Thank you for doing that, Victoria. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, this is really good. This is a good one. Uh, this one, Sandeep sent in a picture uh, of a dinosaur that they wanted me to identify. And I believe, I believe what you have is a young Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's what I think you have. I think you have a toy of a baby Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's very cool. All right. JW mentioned some stuff about Camp Cretaceous season four, which I know a lot of you love it. And it looks like Spinosaurus is back. So thank you for posting that. That's very cool. Let's see. Um, 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 uh, let me keep going through here. Oh, by the way, um, if any of you go to the page in my museum out at a place called Trader's Village in San Antonio, Texas, I just got in a bunch of life-size dinosaurs that are now displayed uh, throughout the exhibit, and we posted some pictures. So I hope you go check them out. They look really cool. <coughs> okay, Reagan, age six, needs to know why Dinosaur George has stink bombs. It's because I have to have them because kids like you keep putting me in these battles where the only weapon I have is my deadly stink bombs. I can't stand a chance. And look, here we go right here. Here you go right here, Reagan. Uh, Okay. I cannot believe you did this. Spinosaurus eating a dinosaur, George. And then you do another one of dinosaur, George versus a T-Rex. Once again, 
if I don't have my stink bombs, how could I survive that attack? <laughs> oh, this is great. This is real. Oh, this is funny. I'm looking at a uh, something that Renata, a good friend of mine, posted. She posted a picture of a bunch of dinosaurs that are about to take off like a horse race. And they're off. I can't believe that they haven't fallen over. I would have been tripping on them. But it looks hilarious. But these t- Tyrannosauruses are running like crazy. Looks like number 13 is going to be the winner. Yeah, 13 is definitely the winner in that race. That's so cool. All right. Uh, hey, this is really neat. Uh, uh, Ying... Uh, Carol posted a really, really scary looking dinosaur that they created. That's really cool. That's really cool. All right. Let's see. Dinosaur George versus buns of steel and T-Rex trying to eat the seagulls. Okay. Buns of steel is a vehicle. That is absolutely hilarious. But why am I in the middle of this? Why am I in the middle of this? Why do you kids want to do this to me? Would somebody please tell me? (laughs) Hi, dinosaur George. My name is Ayanch. From Melbourne, Australia, I'd like to know who do you think would win in a battle between Giganotosaurus, Scorpius Rex, Indominus Rex, and Dinosaur George? You stinking kid. You stinking kid. You threw me in with all of those killers. Are you kidding me? Hey, also, there's a video on here for all of you of us unloading the dinosaurs. So I hope you get a chance to go take a look at it and see it. It's kind of cool. Heathoraptor did a beautiful drawing of Indominus Rex versus Tyrannosaurus. That's beautiful. And I like those colors a lot, Heathoraptor. I like those very much. Those are beautiful. And then Darko sent some amazing pictures of their trips to the Badlands. Samaya and Darko had a great time searching for dinosaur bones. This is so cool. You guys did some great pictures. And it looks like you guys are holding up um, uh, vertebra. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And then, uh, okay, I cannot believe this. You guys put a picture of me being attacked by every dinosaur you can imagine. You little stinker, what would you do that for? <laughs> and here's Ianchi's done his Jurassic daycare setup. A robot Rex educator is trying to get all the little guys to take a nap. Oh, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. But it looks like they're all finally laying down. You did a great job, buddy, and I am so proud of you. So proud of you. My friend Rody posted some pictures. He taught a dinosaur series of dinosaur lessons. And uh, so anyway, those look great. I really like those a lot. And then, oh, this is beautiful. This comes from uh, the Bromley family where there's a Triceratops attacking dinosaur George. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Once again. You rotten kids keep throwing me out. What kind of kids are you? (laughs) And then Audrey and Leon made me a really, really cool, really cool video. And why is it targeting me? I want to know. You guys are amazing. You're absolutely amazing. All right. Let's do some Ask Dinosaur George stuff. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. 
All right. This first question is from Acrocantha Desmond. What a great name. Now, Acrocantha Desmond is one of our Patreon club members. Thank you for being a member, my friend. Love that name. Says, hi, Dinosaur George. I hope you're doing well. My name is Desmond and I live in Toronto. I love Toronto, by the way, Desmond. I have another question for you. Can small dinosaurs climb or jump to get food off the higher parts of the trees or are they only able to eat plants that are close to the ground? Well, that would depend on the particular dinosaur. I will tell you this, Desmond. Um, it doesn't appear that a lot of of hadrosaurs are good. I mean, hadrosaurs, herbivores are good climbers. Some of the small ones might have been. But it appears that the best climbers were probably some of the small theropods. But... Little dinosaurs like Hypsilophodon, they may have been able, maybe Cetacosauruses could climb. I'm not sure. But I do think if they could, they would. But I also believe if you've ever seen pictures of other modern plant eaters that can't climb, they will definitely jump in the air to try to grab fruit or leaves that are hanging low. So I guarantee you they would have done that stuff. I guarantee you they would have. That's a very interesting question. That's a great one. And thank you for sending it. All right, uh, this is from uh, Gabriel, who is also a uh, member of the Patreon Club. Gabriel says, why does T-Rex have the strongest bite ever? Gabriel, because its jaws are strong, its teeth were incredibly strong. And because its teeth were strong, it could have an incredibly strong bite. Because it didn't have to worry, it didn't have to worry about breaking its teeth off. So it had an incredibly strong bite. It had an incredibly strong bite because it had teeth that would have been able to not break when it bit down. All right. My little buddy, Oliver, who's seven years old, lives in Sydney, Australia. Can you please do a podcast on Sorofaganax? Oliver, I promise. I promise I will get to that one of these days. I love Sorofaganax. I have a Sorofaganax skull in the room next to my recording studio. It's one of my favorite dinosaurs. I'll definitely do it. I promise you would. Okay, Devon, Shades 10 from Plano, Texas. Did any dinosaurs live in Antarctica? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And his question is, if yes, what were they, what were they and how did they adapt? How were they adapted to very cold weather? Well, you have to remember, Devonch, that Antarctica wasn't like it is today during the age of dinosaurs. During the Mesozoic, it certainly had seasons and it was probably cooler than other places. But it wasn't the freezing cold that we see today. And so there were dinosaurs living there, uh, Crylophosaurus. I know there was some Hadrosaurs. I think there's some Iguanodontids. I think there was, uh, was it Nanukasaurus? Prop may have gone that far north, which is a theropod that lived in Australia. I mean, I'm sorry, in um, uh, um, 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 Alaska. Maybe, maybe those dinosaurs Maybe those dinosaurs would have traveled. Wait, Antarctica is south, right? Yeah, Antarctica is at the south. I'm sorry. Um, But there were definitely dinosaurs there because they would have taken advantage. And also, you know, one of the things you can do is Antarctica used to be connected to Australia. And so any of those Australian dinosaurs probably had relatives living there. So I think the way that they adapted, at least I know with the Australian dinosaurs, some of them developed night vision, really big eyes, because it's thought that they did go through some long periods of darkness, sort of like what happens today in other Arctic regions. 
So they may have gone through some periods of darkness. So they adapted that. And there is some evidence that maybe some of these dinosaurs, um, maybe these dinosaurs uh, could hibernate. But those are great questions. And he also says, by the way, I love hearing your episodes. That's very kind of you, Dimash. And I'm so glad you are uh, listening to him. Thank you so much. All right, Felix. Hi, Dino Man. I love your podcast and I'm listening right now. Well, let me tell you something, Felix. Here's a shout out to you, my little friend. I am so glad that you like the podcast and I hope you enjoyed your little shout out. All right. Um, now, let me see if I pronounce this correctly. Is it Chasky? C-H-A-S-K-E. Chasky or Chasky? Or maybe it's Chasque. I'm not sure. I hope I pronounced it correctly. If I didn't, please, please let me know because I try my best. He's 10 years old uh, and lives in the United Arab Emirates. Question was, what tactics did Velociraptor use other than slash and dash? Also, can you do a podcast on Megaraptor? Another good suggestion. Well, I think Velociraptors used a number of different attacks. Slash and dash would have been the one that they would have been most safe doing because they don't want to stay and fight. Their body is not designed to take, take heavy blows. It could kill them. They could break very easily. But they may have been able to do the jump on the back. I call it the rodeo attack. Jump on the back, hang on with your teeth and claws and kick with your feet and see how long you can stay on before the dinosaur finally kicks you off. So maybe there was the rodeo attack. Um, there may have been a throat attack, uh, a, a, a throat choke. Just grab it by the throat and hold on as long as you can to keep it from breathing. So I think it had a number of different ways. All right, Liam, age nine, and Jackson, age seven, from Oakville, Ontario, Canada. Jackson says, can Spinosaurus breathe underwater? That's an interesting question. Now, Jackson, to breathe underwater, and by the way, Liam is nine, Jackson is seven. Jackson, to be able to breathe underwater, you actually have to have gills, and that's something Spinosaurus doesn't have. So Spinosaurus has to hold its breath. But I would imagine because it is aquatic, meaning it seems like it spent a lot of time in the water, it may have had extra large lungs, which may have helped it hold its breath for an extended period of time, longer than other animals. And then Liam wants to know, what is the scientific name for Argentinosaurus and what is the biggest member of the Mosasaur family? Okay, with Argentinosaurus, I believe it's Huiculensis. Is it Huiculensis? Heculensis? I don't know how it's pronounced. I don't know how it's spelled. I just know that's I've seen it before, but I think the science the the species name is Argentinosaurus Heculensis. I believe that's what it is. I I want to say that's it. I hope I'm right. If not, I'll I'll try to look it up. Maybe mention it on the next podcast. Biggest member of the Mosasaur family, I think, is Tylosaurus. Now there is a Mosasaur called Mosasaurus Maximus, but I don't know if it's ever really been determine just how big that animal is. So I believe that it is uh, uh, probably Tylosaurus. All right, we're going to take a very short break. I'm going to promote my, uh, if you'd like your own private virtual, I mean, your own private virtual lesson. I hope you will. So let me play that. And then we come back. Who would win? You can have a private virtual lesson with Dinosaur George. Have him speak at your birthday party or have a lesson just for you. 
Lessons last 45 minutes and are available to all countries and time zones. Visit our store at DinosaurGeorge.com and order your own private lesson today. Let's get ready to roar! Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right, to send in a Who Would Win, you have to be a T-Rex member of the Patreon Club. And let's go. This first one is from Sawyer. He says, hi, I'm Sawyer, and I'm seven years old. I want to know who would win. T-Rex versus Ankylosaurus versus Argentinosaurus versus Godzilla versus the giant ground sloth versus Triceratops versus Dinosaur jo- You little stinker you little stinker you put all of those animals in and then you throw me in at the end what kind of kid are you all right let's go t-rex shows up immediately attacks argentinosaurus argentinosaurus lifts up his giant foot and crushes, crushes the tyrannosaurus rex the ground ground sloth swoops in with its giant claws swinging like crazy Ankylosaurus swings his tail, hits the ground ground sloth. It's a long fly ball to center field. The ground sloth flies off over the trees and is never seen again. Argentinosaurus and Ankylosaurus stand shoulder to shoulder, looking at Godzilla, who just simply takes a deep breath and stomps them with his giant foot. He tricked them. He didn't even use his deadly breath. That leaves Triceratops and Dinosaur George. I go into my desk. I find some rubber bands. I stretch them across between two trees. I grab the Triceratops. I pull him back and fire him with my deadly slingshot. Triceratops flies to the air, stabs Godzilla in the chest. Godzilla roars, falls to the ground. I walk up, stand on top of him, looking at all of the animals that have been wiped out. I raise my arms to show I'm the champion. I smell my own stink bomb, and I fall unconscious to the ground. (laughs) All right, Grady, I'm five years old, and I want to make a dinosaur scene and send you a picture. Would love to see it, Grady. I also want to know who would win, one Argentinosaurus, Versus a hundred T-Rexes versus dinosaur. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You stinking kids. All right. Argentinosaurus is ginormous, but there is simply no way, no way it is going to survive a hundred Tyrannosaurus Rexes. So Tyrannosauruses are going to win, but you made a mistake, Grady. You didn't take away my deadly stink bomb. Which means I put on a mask and I become El Stinko. 
I have a mask and a cape. I might look like Batman, but I'm El Stinko. I slowly approach the hundred T-Rexes. I raise my arms, and they fall like dominoes. I remove my mask, and I back to being Dinosaur George. If I'm wearing my mask, my superhero name, El Stinko. All right, this one comes from Nico. Hi, DG. I'd love for you to do this. Who would win? And Dominus Rex versus T-Rex versus Spinosaurus versus Allosaurus versus Dinosaur George without a stink bomb. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. How dare you take away my stink bomb? How dare you take away my stink bomb? I cannot become El Stinko if I don't have my stink bomb. So here's what would happen. And Dominus Rex comes in and immediately attacks both T-Rex and Spinosaurus. And Dominus grabs them and shakes them like a doll, throwing them out of the ring. That leaves Allosaurus. I walk over to Allosaurus. I reach in my pocket and I pull out some giant rubber bands. I stretch them across two trees. I pull Allosaurus back and let him go. And he fires like a rocket right into Indominus Rex. And I have won without my stink bombs. What do you think of that? Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. All right, Nathaniel Raptor writes, Allosaurus versus T-Rex versus DG. DG. What does that stand for, Nathaniel? What is DG? Dinosaur George. You. Stinking. Kids. <laughs> my Allosaurus is my favorite, but unfortunately, it's not going to survive T-Rex. Now, the good news is I use my rubber band and I lean back against it and then I fire myself through the air. And just as I arrive on T-Rex, I open both arms, wrap myself around his nose. He gets one whiff and he's out cold. And I am again champion <laughs> all right alastasiosaurus rex what a great name alastasiosaurus rex all right who would win uh oh wants to know by the way wants to know would i be willing to do a podcast on brontosaurus yeah that's a good one that's a good one too so i'll do that okay who would win allosaurus with deodorant versus dinosaur jo- you gave my allosaurus deodorant the only weapon that can stop me tyrannus i mean superman has kryptonite el stinko has deodorant that's the thing that stops me i can't win the fight against a giant allosaurus with deodorant it's gonna rub it under my underarms and take away my weapon also send another one juvenile allosaurus versus dinosaur george all right now you know this is actually a pretty cool battle now, I better have my stink bombs even against a juvenile allosaurus because juvenile allosaurus is still a pretty big dinosaur. Listen, man, that would have been a danger. I like I liked that a lot. It's a good one. I didn't like the one with I had deodorant, you little cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. All right, Ben would like to know who would win between Banby Raptor and a Utah Raptor. Good one, Ben. Utah Raptor is so, so much bigger, so much bigger, so much more powerful. Banby Raptor is certainly fast. And it would be very difficult for Utah Raptor to catch it. And if Bambi Raptor could indeed fly or glide, 
It's not going to stay to fight, but it would be hard. I don't think Utah Raptor could catch one. If it ever did, game over. Game over. All right, Dev has a new one. Allosaurus versus Dilophosaurus. I like this. Now, everybody knows that Dilophosaurus, is that was made famous in the Jurassic Park movie, the first Jurassic Park. But remember, Dilophosaurus does not have the frill around the neck, and it doesn't spit venom. That was just made for the movie. It was a fun movie, and I liked the movie a lot, but that part wasn't scientifically accurate. So Allosaurus and Dilophosaurus. Dilophosaurus, I think, might have had speed, and it did have four fingers instead of just three, so that would have given it a little bit of an advantage. But Dilophosaurus is a very thin, skeletoned animal. And what I mean by that, it's just not really made for combat. Like, think about dogs. Think about um, if you've ever seen a dog called a whippet or a greyhound. Those dogs are very lightly built. They're made for speed, not for fighting. And then compare them to an animal like a, a Rottweiler or a pit bull or a German shepherd. Those are heavy duty dogs capable of combat. So I believe Dilophosaurus would be in big trouble if Allosaurus ever got him. Dilophosaurus might have been able to outrun Allosaurus, but that's the only thing that it could do, Dev, is it would simply have to, uh, it would have to um, run and maybe wear out Allosaurus, maybe wear him down a little bit. All right, Heathoraptor loved the lesson on Bone Wars. I'm so glad to hear that. And by the way, for all of you, if any of you ever want to become a Patreon member, if you can't make it to the live lesson, I do two lessons each month. One lesson for all members, and then a second lesson for the Raptor and T-Rex members. So I do two a month. If you miss those, we record them. And when you become a member, you're given a link where you can go watch them whenever you want. So I'm glad, Heathoraptor, that you liked that lesson on Bone Wars. That was a very interesting story. And Heathoraptor said, thank you. What a polite thing. I like your good manners, Heathoraptor. Uh, he has a who would win. Yangchuanosaurus versus Acrocanthosaurus. Oh, man, do I like this one. Do I like this one. Whoa. Yang- Acrocanthosaurus has the size. Acrocanthosaurus has the strength and the weaponry. Yangchuanosaurus is no pushover, though. Listen, this is a dinosaur that is definitely related to Allosaurus. This is a pretty close match, Heathoraptor. This is a pretty close match. Wow, 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 wow. Um, I'm going to give it to Acrocanthosaurus just because of the weight difference and the size. Acrocanthosaurus is a little bit bigger. But boy, that's the only advantage it has because this would have been a fight for the ages and I wouldn't want to be around to see this. All right. I mentioned that if you want to submit a who would win, you have to be a T-Rex member. One of the other benefits of being a T-Rex member, of course, is that you get 10% off of everything in our gift shop. You receive, when you sign up, you get a raptor claw and a T-Rex tooth replica, but you also have the opportunity to be interviewed, and that's what's coming up next. How would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon Club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus Club member. All right. 
One of the benefits of being a Tyrannosaurus member is that your name gets entered into this big wheel that spins, and whosever name it lands on, that's the person that gets interviewed. And just out of luck, it landed on the one and only Sebastian. Sebastian, how you doing, buddy? Good. Good. Were you excited when you got chosen? Mm-hmm. You know, there's 300... I think there's 300 Tyrannosaur members now. So yours was the one name out of 300. So that's kind of, those are good. Those are good odds. I mean, those, those are hard odds, but I'm glad you did it. So Sebastian, how old are you? First of all, eight, eight. Are you married yet? No. Okay. I'm just checking. I don't know these things. So you're not married. Do you have a job? No. What do you mean? No, you don't have a job. You're eight years old. Don't tell me you're still living at home with your mom. Mm-hmm. What? You don't have your own apartment yet? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't blame you. You're eight. So what grade are you in school, Sebastian? Second grade. Second grade. And do you like school? Mm-hmm. Good. What is your favorite thing to learn when you're in school? Do you have a favorite subject? Mm-hmm. I really like the computer time. Oh, nice. Nice. Do you like to play computer games? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm no good at them. If you and I were going to play a game, I would... You would beat me every time. I'm terrible at computer games. Have you thought about, uh, have you, do you like, are you learning other things during computer time? Are you learning like how to write code or what kind of stuff do you do when you're studying computers? Uh, we could uh, do math or um, ELA and reading. Nice. Very good. So, um, so you're, are you, are you good at computers? I mean, you say you like it, so you must, you must be pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. Good. That's very exciting. So you're in the second grade. Now, what about um, other subjects like reading, math? Are you good in any of those? Mm-hmm. I am very good at math and reading. Nice. I'm very proud of you, Sebastian. I am not good at math. You want to see how bad I am? Ask me what one plus one is. What's one plus one? Seven. Okay, let's keep going. So, now, told you I was bad. <laughs> So yeah, math was always hard for me. What about science? Are you studying science yet in the second grade? Uh, no, not yet. Probably yeah. because of the virtual year. Oh, right, 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 right. I forgot about that. Was that was that really hard when you were learning virtually? Was it was it hard? Or did you like it? Well, at first, I kind of liked it because I am a very homey body. Oh, nice. So you enjoyed being at home, and you enjoyed that. But then kind of after a while, like towards the end of the year, I started getting a little bored of looking at the screen all day. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it, it was very hard on a lot of people. It was very difficult for a lot of people uh, because that's a hard thing to do. Um, I, I'm like you. I enjoy being at home. I don't I don't like to go out as much, but it's still nice to see people face to face to talk to them. I mean, computer's fine, but that's not the same thing. That's cool. So what about brothers and sisters? Do you have any brothers and sisters? Nope. You're the one and only. Excellent. And you're eight years old and you're not married yet. And you don't have a job and you still live at home. That's terrible, child. You're supposed to have your own apartment by now. Did you know that? <laughs> you're absolutely correct. You don't. What about pets? Do you have any kind of pets? Uh, Yeah. What do you have? I have a dog and her name is Pepper Spice and Everything Nice. Oh, what a great name. Pepper Spice and Everything Nice. What kind of, do you know what kind of dog it is? It's a bull terrier. Very crazy. That's good. Oh, I bet. 
I bet. So why? how did you come up with that name? That's actually a very cool name. Actually, Mama came up with it. Ah. She Mom. gave me choices. And I remember Pepper was one of them. And I'm like, Pepper. That's a good name. Should have named her Salt. Get it? Oh, yeah, because she does kind of look like Salt and Pepper. <laughs> she has like little white, black and white spots. Maybe I should name her Cow Dog. <laughs> That's a good name. You can name her Pepper the Cow Dog. That's a great name. <laughs> she shouldn't be running around here. I need mean, second now. <laughs> Is Pepper your best friend? Uh, she can get a little crazy and jump on me sometimes, but I will play with her as long as her toys aren't uh, drool soaked. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. My brother. I'm, I'm. I like to stay clean. Yeah, I don't blame you. My uh, my brother had a dog. I travel so much that I can't have any pets. My brother had a dog that wanted to play ball, throw the ball, should bring it back over and over and over. And by about the fourth time, you're right, the ball was just covered in slime. It was like gross. Here, dog, get this thing away from me. <laughs> so let's talk about prehistoric life and dinosaurs. Uh, how long have you liked dinosaurs? How long did you think they were interesting? For how long? Uh, probably when I was six. Wow. And so was there something in particular that you can remember? Like, did you get a book or did you go to a museum? Do you remember what caused you to start to like them? I watched Jurassic World. Whoa. The yeah. Were you, were you, was it scary at all when you first saw it? The only scary part was probably the T-Rex escaping for me. Yeah. I would have to go up close to Mama. Yeah. I don't blame you. Uh, now, see, when when the first Jurassic Park came out, I was, of course, was already an adult. And the scene with the very first one with the Dilophosaurus, even though I knew Dilophosaurus didn't have a frill around its neck, that scene scared me because I wasn't expecting that. And so there's a little bit of scary scenes in there. Some of that stuff was pretty intense. What is that? What do you have? Is that a raptor? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's blue. And it's sniffing you. Oh, please don't let that thing bite me. I don't want to have to go to the hospital because of a raptor bite. Okay, it's mouth open and closes. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. That blue is so cool. I like, I love blue. Blue is a great dinosaur. So, and who? I have a velociraptor. Oh, nice. Now, is that one of the ones? Does that one have a name too? Because I don't know all their names. Uh, no, this one is probably just one of the first Jurassic Park. Ah, right, right. Yeah, because the it's first one's. That's right. They didn't have that. Why am I being attacked by these things? So let's talk about your favorite dinosaurs. Do you have a favorite kind? Yes. Who do you like? Allosaurus. And the reason why is because I felt like T-Rex had way too much fans. <laughs> way too much love and fans. That's exactly. And then I read a book about Allosaurus and I'm like, this guy's pretty cool. Nice. That's exactly how I feel. That's why people ask me, how come you like Allosaurus when T-Rex was bigger and stronger? And I tell them, listen, you like what you like. And I like Allosaurus because it was fast. And like you said, everybody, all of my friends, all they ever liked was T-Rex. And I'm like, come on, we got to find somebody else. So what is it about Allosaurus that you found interesting? I mean, you read that book about it. What was interesting to you? Well, that it was really big, and I read that it was the most dangerous dinosaur before T-Rex, and I'm like, this guy's pretty cool. Yeah. And then I read that it had horns over its eyes, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And then I read how fast it was, and I'm like, 
Yeah. Uh, that thing could eat you in two seconds. <laughs> Alive. Yeah. You know what I liked about it was it had the longer arms and the three big claws. Mm-hmm. Because I always thought T-Rex always looked kind of strange with those tiny little arms. Right. Yeah. And I like Allosaurus's big arms with big claws. And I like that a lot. I have an Allosaurus arm in my collection. And those arms are big. I mean, it's a powerful, those are powerful arms. I love yeah, it. Yeah, he says that he's the real king of the dinosaurs. Yeah. Before he saw how buff those arms were. He said he was the real king. That's right. Well, definitely in the Jurassic, he was one of the absolute top predators. And of course, he had to be big because, you know, he's living with Brachiosaurus and Apatosaurus and, and uh, Dilophosaurus. I mean, uh, Diplodocus. So that was a tough time to, I mean, that was a tough time to be, that was a tough time to be a meat eater with all those giant plant eaters. So what about plant eaters? Do you have a favorite? What is that? You are holding up the most ginormous dinosaur toy I've ever seen in my life. What is that? It's the Apatosaurus, but my Brachiosaurus is bigger. Oh my gosh. For all this of, one is longer. For all of you listening, Sebastian is holding up this ginormous uh, is it Diplodocus or Apatosaurus? What did you just it's say? Apatosaurus. Apatosaurus. The reason why I got it is because you said Apatosaurus. I might as well. So I'm like, I might as well show the ginormous Apatosaurus that I got for my birthday now. Nice. That thing is huge. That is gigantic. I like that a lot. That's a big toy. When was your birthday, by the way? Was it recently? Mm-hmm. October 1st. Oh, Wow. Wow, so that was only 14, 13, 14 days ago. Wow, happy birthday to you. Did you have a good birthday? Mm-hmm. My uncles came over. They were 10 and 9. I mean, 11 and 9. Oh, nice. So your uncles are 11 and 9? That's kind of cool. They're pretty much uncle cousins. Oh, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. That's too cool, man. That's a great, that's a huge toy. I've never seen one. that I didn't even know they made toys that big. It, the Brachiosaurus is much, much bigger. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Is, is that from the Jurassic Park collection? Is that who that is? Jurassic Park? Mm-hmm. Jurassic it's Jurassic Park Legacy Collection. Nice. So I guess that's why they made it ginormous, because it's Legacy. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, Whoa. That is ginormous. Sebastian's dad just walked in with this ginormous Brachiosaurus. That's as big as your dad. That it goes is... up kind of by my side. That's crazy. That's that is huge. I didn't even know they made those that big. Look at that. Wow, those are ginormous. Oh, that's crazy. And it was kind of like a tournament. And since it got really boring, like who, and then they just choose and they choose the Apatosaurus because I liked it. That's I cool. I liked it. Well, let's talk about plant eaters. You have two ginormous ones. Did you like the sauropods or are there other plant eaters you like just as much? I really liked the sauropods very much because they were huge. Yeah. You ever wondered, Sebastian? How much an animal like Brachiosaurus must have had to eat in a day? Can you imagine how much food it had to eat? Yes, I can imagine that. And you know, I've always said this, and I've seen lots of paintings and pictures, I love it, where it shows pterosaurs riding on their back. It would have been like a giant aircraft carrier with all these 
pterosaurs getting a free ride on their back. How cool would that be? There's how cool. Oh, look, you just had a raptor sitting on your back. Okay. I don't know if I'd want that thing on my head or not. That thing might eat, beat me. What about raptors? You have cool raptors. Do you like raptors as well? Mm-hmm. I don't really like Velociraptor, but I really like Deinonychus. Oh, uh, yeah. Deinonychus is my second favorite dinosaur. Well, you and I have some of the same favorites. I like Deinonychus a lot. You know, when they found Deinonychus, that's really what kind of changed a lot of people's opinions of dinosaurs. Because before Deinonychus, a lot of paleontologists believed that they were, that dinosaurs were slow and cold-blooded like lizards. And then they found Deinonychus and everybody went, no, this guy is fast and smart and looks like a bird. And that's amazing. So I like Deinonychus a lot. I'm a cold-blooded lizard. <laughs> what about Utah Raptor? Oh, yeah. I really like Utah Raptor. I listened to Deinonychus, Utah Raptor, and Velociraptor. Before, I didn't even know you Deinonychus or Utah Raptor even existed. Oh, wow. But then I read this book called Velociraptor and its Relatives, and then I heard of Deinonychus, and I'm like, this... And then I'm like, this thing looks like a dangerous raptor that could eat you in two minutes. You got that right. So you mentioned books. Are you a good reader? Mm-hmm. Very proud of you. Now, do you have a lot of dinosaur books or, or those books that you checked out from the libraries? Uh, those books I read online. My dinosaur book collection is probably like five. That's good, though. That's a good amount of books. That's very good. I'm glad to hear that. Now, what about, what is that? Shark teeth. No way. You've got a bag full of shark teeth. Where did you get those? I got these at the Ernest Quarry dig. I only found one that technically I didn't find. Because uh, there was a geode that we were trying to crack, that me and Joey and Otho were trying to crack open. Right. Those are my uncles. And then... And then we like, and then it fell and it broke into two. And then I guess the two little must have fallen out. And then I look and I'm like, oh, there's a two on the floor. And I'm like, daddy, I found a two. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, have you ever been fossil hunting before? Mm-hmm, that's how I actually got these fossil teeth. Nice. Those are very cool. Now, have you studied to see, oh, look, you got a bag full of fossils. Whoa. These are are whale bones. Wow. Now you live in California, right? Is that correct? Uh-huh. Bakersfield, California. Yeah, Bakersfield. So um have you ever gone to I think they call it Shark Hill or Shark Mountain. I can't oh, remember. Oh yeah, that's exactly where I went. Nice. So yeah, you found whale bone, which is really cool. So those are are they Miocene age? Have you ever studied figured that out yet? Mm-mm. I think I've only studied a little bit of Cenozoic. A lot of pre, a lot of Mesozoic and right. some of uh, the age before. Right. Nice. Yeah. So I believe your whale bones are Miocene age. They're from the Miocene, which is in the Cenozoic uh, period. So I think those are Miocene, if I remember correctly. And yeah, they find whale and shark. They find megalodon out there too, but they're ca- hard to find. I never found a megalodon. Their limit was three. So if anyone had gotten one, it would probably they would probably both give it to all three of us. That way we could each have a megalodon too. That would be cool. Yeah, megalodon teeth are hard to find. I don't find them here in Texas. I find lots of shark teeth 
but we don't find any megalodon teeth here. What is that? Is that a oh? The paper you could find. Oh, I so it shows you. And a great white or megalodon. Limit is three. Right. So what, do you know any of the species of shark that you found? Prehistoric shark teeth that you found? Uh, I know the mako shark, the great white, the megalodon, narrow tooth mako shark. Nice. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's cool, though. That's really, and the fact that you got to find them is exciting. That's and what is that? Is that Giganotosaurus or what is the dinosaur you're holding now? Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, I see the long, skinny snout. Oh, absolutely. I like Baryonyx and Suchomimus and Spinosaurus. I like all of those guys. They're they're really kind of cool. You mentioned Spinosaurus. Do you have a toy Spinosaurus in your collection? Yes, I do. Oh, whoa. That is a big Spinosaurus. It's bigger than my T-Rex. That's cool, man. It opens its mouth. Its neck moves. That's a cool toy. Now, did you get that for your birthday or did you already have that one? I already had it. I yeah. got it from Target. Uh, my mama found, like, Mama, come see the Spinosaurus toy. <laughs> and then she said, that looks cool. Do you want it? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, and then we find, and then, and then she says, it's probably just a little thing. And then when she finds out how big it is, I prefer one. Indefinitely. <laughs> well, that's cool. So what about other prehistoric animals that are not dinosaurs? Do you have any sort of favorites of those? I really like the plesiosaurus. Nice. Nice. Do you have a Why plesiosaurus? I wanted the plesiosaurus. Podcast. Oh. Well, at least I got a labrosaurus. Love a lasmosaurus. Oh, what is that? Is that? Who is that? Albertosaurus. Oh, you're holding. Hey, that's very cool. Albertosaurus is a cool predator, too. I like those colors, by the way. Oh, and its head moves from side to side when you move its tail. That's actually kind of, and it opens and closes its mouth. All right, that's the coolest toy I've ever seen. How many dinosaur toys do you have? Can you guess? Uh, probably 40. Wow. Wow. Counting my magnets and little baby ones. Right. Now, do you have as many meat eaters as plant eaters, or is it like 50-50? Uh, it's more meat eaters than plant eaters. So you're a carnivore. Plant eaters are probably this much, and meat eaters are this much. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you have more meat eaters. That's that's kind of exciting, though. And you've got a T-Rex, you said, and you've got a Spinosaurus, Albertosaurus. Man, do you happen to have a Ceratosaurus? Those are hard to find. I have uh, one this big. Nice. So you've got but a small... Mm-hmm. It's probably as big as the. It's probably like this big compared right. to my allosaurus. Oh right, that's cool though. I like Ceratosaurus. That was kind of a cool dinosaur as well. Mm-hmm. I got it at the thanks at Thanksgiving point at the Museum of Ancient Life. That is my favorite museum in the United States. Mm-hmm. When I saw the two T Rex fighting, I was like, "Wasn't that cool?" That's- and then I saw the Utah Raptor, and I'm like, that's what Utah Raptors really were. Yeah. Yeah. What about when you got to the end? Was that big megalodon mouth still there? Uh-huh. 
Nice. The mammoth was still there too with the humans documented. Oh yeah, mammoth fighting the humans. Was there if I remember right, there was one under its foot, right? It was crushing a uh, uh somebody under his foot. You know I know that last mammoth attack. Nice. Well see, I went there in two thousand and seven when I was making a TV series for the History Channel. I went and filmed there. <laughs> she was alive back then. Well, <laughs> Your mom was actually alive in 2007? Yes. And I was pretty close to being born, like, five years later. Nice. I mean, six years later. Ah. Well, I'm glad to know that your mom is so old. She was alive in 2007. Did your mom ever ride around on a dinosaur when she went to school? Because that's old. Uh, No. Okay, I didn't think so. (laughs) Well, in 2007, we went to that museum to film, and we got to go in after it was closed. So I got to go behind the scenes and see all that stuff, and that was crazy. Now, what are you holding in your hand? You just held up a rock, or what is that? It's a crystal. I have an entire collection of crystals. Oh. My mama found some, and then she bought me some, and I also have a rock collection that I built with my crystal collection. Nice. So the best part about paleontology is it also includes geology. And geology is the study of rocks. So paleontologists also study geology. So things like crystals and minerals and quartz and rose quartz and all that stuff. I love all that, too. I'm glad you like everything to do with natural science. And on my fossil dig, I actually opened up a geode of sedimentary, probably. Right. And then I found, like, these little itty-bitty bits of crystal. Like, if you put it in the sunlight, you could see the little white shine. Oh, nice. Too bad I left it there. Uh, That I'm sad about. You know what? But let me tell you what, Sebastian. The fact that you found it and you got to see it is still something exciting. It's sad that you you forgot it, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you got to see it. And a lot of people never will. So be glad that you had the chance to see it. So, (laughs) excuse me. So what about questions? Do you have any questions about paleontology that you would like to ask me? I have food wings. All right. Let's go. But let me tell you right now, kid, it better not include me. (laughs) If you don't, you start laughing. Don't you dare start laughing. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear them. What do you, what do you, who would wins? Yoshi versus Dinosaur George. Okay. Let's think about that. Yoshi versus Dinosaur. What did you just say? <laughs> what did you just, you stinking kid. What kind of a kid is going to make me fight a Yoshi on top of that? You, why did you do that? Why did you sneak that in on me? Because I have the power to swallow your stink bomb. See, how am I going to defend myself if a Yoshi's going to steal my stink bomb? That's the only weapon I have, kid. <laughs> if Yoshi swallows my stink bomb, I will be the winner. Trust me. Will be okay. Fine. So Yoshi wins. What a ripoff! All right. What's your next one? My next one is a pack of Utah Raptors versus Dinosaur George, and also a pterosaur flying in the sky on the Utah Raptor side. Okay, let's think about that. We have Utah Raptor. We have a pterosaur on its side. We have a Dinosaur George. You <laughs> rotten child. <laughs> What kind of kid throws me in a battle with Utah Raptors? How am I going to survive Utah Raptors? 
And on top of that, a pterosaur is going to be flying over my head laughing the whole time. So you are after on its back. Fine. First thing I'll do, lift up my right arm. Pterodactyl drops out of the sky from the stink. Then I turn because my attention. In the then I turn my attention. Stink bomb because I can aim it, it like a weapon. My stink bomb. My stink bombs are like rockets. They can fly out at anything, this. kid. That's exactly right. So I stink bomb the pterosaur, and then the Utah Raptors turn and run. And I'm like, yeah, baby. Once well, again. If the pterosaur flies, then the Utah Raptor would get off and then it would act and it would land on your back and then it would do this. Oh, great. Okay. So a pterodactyl is flying them around like an airplane and they're jumping off. That's a ripoff. How am I supposed to defend myself from that? <laughs> and then, hey, right in my back. <laughs> that hurt just thinking about it. Can't believe I got sickle clawed by a flying Utah Raptor on the back of a pterodactyl airplane. I've never heard a fight like that in my life. And the idea that my stink bomb doesn't doesn't stop him is kind of scary. Hey, there's a guitar behind you. Is that yours? Do you know how to play a guitar? Or is that your dad's or mom's? It's uh, mama's slash daddy's. Wow. Really? Have you? Are you learning how to play any instruments? That's cool, though. That's very neat. That's kind of neat. I, I wish I would have learned how to play guitar. I didn't know. But I did learn how to make a stink bomb under my arm. So that's a better thing, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's great. I love that part. What about if you accidentally lift up your arm during a race and a stink bomb actually shoots out and then and then everyone fakes up the sting in a run? Hey, if I'm in a race... And I raise my arms and wipe out everybody as long as I win, baby. That's all that matters. It's all about the winning, baby. Stink bombs. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Oh, Sebastian, you are such a funny kid. Now, this podcast is heard in 112 countries all over the world. And that means children all over the world are listening to our podcast right now. Is there anything you would like to say to all of the kids listening? Would you like to tell them hello? Would you like to wish them good luck? What would you like to say to everybody who's listening? I hope you are staying safe and goodbye. What a great way to end that. That's what a nice thing to do. Sebastian, you have been so much fun. Did you enjoy uh, your interview? Yes. And do you like the Patreon club? Do you enjoy the the Patreon club? Mm -hmm. Good. Well, I'm glad to have you as a member, and I'm sorry to hear that you're eight years old and you're not married and you don't have a job and you're still living at home. But I guess when you turn nine, you can get married and get a job and move out, right? My mama (laughs) teaches third graders, and and I don't think they mention anything about them getting married. (laughs) Well, I don't blame you. Well, buddy, thank you so much, and I hope you had a good time. Did you enjoy it? Good. All right. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Well, all right, my friends, that is this for, that's it for this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you like learning about Kentosaurus, which is a super cool dinosaur. Hey, something I wanted to mention to you all. I believe the week of November 22nd, I am going to do a live virtual lesson on Facebook on my Dinosaur George Kids group page. 
I'll post. I'll, I'll let you know the date on the, on the next podcast, the date and time. But if you would like to sit in on a free lesson for everybody, ask your parents to make sure to to become a member on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, not Patreon. This will be for everybody. You don't have to become a Patreon member. You can just follow us on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group and you'll be able to watch the live lesson and it will be for everybody. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you learned something new. Remember, be kind to people around you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of everybody around you. Make sure to practice your reading and always use good manners. And tell your parents and your family you love them because they need to hear it and they need to know it. Until next time, everybody, I will see you guys again. Take care. to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah.